0: Welcome to Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded Podcast. Hosted by Irving Risch. Light from the land of the Sphinx. Chapter 22, The Mountains and Valleys of Horeb. We now proceed to consider the revelation made by Jehovah at Sinai, of his holiness, and of his requirements from man. The position of Israel before Sinai should be pondered over. It was unique. They had been delivered from Egyptian slavery by a succession of miraculous displays of divine power, and every day since they had left that land, whether in the glory cloud, the manna, or the rock, a miracle had emphasized God's presence among them, and having reached Sinai they were absolutely isolated from the world at large, and were shut in with themselves and with God. The physical characteristics of Horeb and Sinai are remarkable the barren wilderness generally, is a theme for scripture poetry, and numberless Christian lips and pens have found in it illustrations for daily life, but Horeb evokes no song. It produces instead the feeling of awe, and hushes into silence. Horeb is the great mountain labyrinth, where Sinai itself stands, it signifies the mountain of the dried up ground, and this for generations has been its character. Sinai is the mountain of the thorn. The predominant ideas attached to the region are nakedness and barrenness. Sinai itself is noted for its bare rocks and lifeless crags, from which the soil long since has been swept away. The valley, or wadi at the mountain base, is usually but a dry watercourse, with stones tumbled about over it, brought down by the storms. The bare crags do not absorb the rain, and hence the thunder clouds which burst over them form floods, which, with marvellous rapidity, carry all before them. The life-giving rains of heaven, by reason of the repelling rocks, are thus the cause of Sinai's desolation. Silence reigns in the region, and where the voice of a man or the cry of the hyena breaks upon it, the sound arises high up on the mountain sides. The union of grandeur and desolation is the point in their scenery absolutely unrivalled Sinai and Palestine, in a very marked way in Horeb and Sinai. a locality is prepared and selected by the divine hand for the giving of the law, and even the rain repelling rocks seem to be a symbol of the human heart hardened against the words of heaven, so that the commandment which was ordained to life is found to be unto death. Romans seven ten. Over and over again, in his revelations to man, God has been pleased to give illustration to his words by the natural features of the locality where the words have been uttered. In speaking to men, God uses the natural to give emphasis to the spiritual. We are of the natural, nature environs us, and that very environment God uses to teach of the verities which lie outside and beyond the realm of nature. Israel had been all their lifetime educated under the influence of awe-inspiring and magnificent temples, and the most splendid spectacles of religious pomp. They had heard the strains of music and the acclamation of thousands of voices celebrating the glory of the gods. They had yielded to the seduction of idolatry, at least in many cases. See Amos chapter 5 verses 25 to 26. Jehovah, their creator, did not forget this. He arranged their encampment in the valley in such a way that they should occupy a nature temple of such formation and magnitude, that compared with it, Egypt's mightiest buildings were as toys. Silence, deeper than that which reigned among the columns of the temples their hands had helped to rear, enveloped them, to be broken again and again by the appalling voices and trumpets of heaven. As a roof, arching over the straw-colored precipices which walled them in, stretched the thick cloud that composed the footstool of God. At the extreme end of the valley the huge cliff that forms Sinai's shoulder rose up as the end wall of the stupendous temple in which they stood, while from its heights, up into the cloud roof, the devouring fire ascended. They were brought into contact with a desolation, to them more remarkable by its contrast with the green valley of the Nile. They were enclosed within a sanctuary of temples and pyramids made without hands the more awful from its total dissimilarity to everything which they or their fathers could have remembered in Egypt. They were wrapped in a silence which gave full effect, to the thunders and voice exceeding loud, on the top of Horeb, from the summit of ras el sif the whole plain, ur Ra'ha spread out before us. Our conviction was strengthened that here, or on some of the adjacent cliffs, was the spot where the Lord, descended in fire, and proclaimed the law. Here lay the plain where the whole congregation might be assembled, and here was the mountain brow, where alone the lightnings and the thick cloud would be visible, when the Lord came down in the sight of the people upon Mount Sinai. Biblical researchers in Palestine, Sinai is a mountain in a way isolated from others. The scripture narrative informs us that bounds were set about it (Exodus 19:23) that it was in view from a plain in which all verse 11 the people could stand and move either near it or afar off from it (Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 11 x 20:21) 20, and that it was sufficiently broad on the summit to enable one person to be in seclusion when seventy others were also there. Exodus chapter 24 verses 1 to 2, 9 11. These scripture conditions seem all to be realized in the mountain of which Ras Safsafay is the shoulder. The peaked cliffs of which rise abruptly from the plain, and overlook the large wadi of ur Reha. The whole extent of the top of this mountain forms a great platform, and the summit, Jebel Musa, which is hidden from the long valley by the Ras Safsafay precipices, stands back some considerable distance from them scriptural narrative and monkish tradition are very different things, the former has a distinctness and definition, which through all our journeyings rendered the bible our best guidebook. book. Biblical researches in Palestine, to the north of the Ras of Safay, and sloping uniformly down to its very base, lies the plain or woody Ur-Raha, flanked on either side by imposing masses of granite, and containing 400 acres of available and comfortable standing ground, directly in front of the mountain, the actual length of the plain is about a mile and a quarter and its average width about half a mile. Before the Sinai district was precisely explored, and before it was surveyed, anti-Bible criticism created many scientific difficulties regarding Israel's wanderings in the district. And South critics concluded that there was no place in the peninsula where Israel could stand together and hear the ten words of the law given from Sinai, and, accordingly, thousands of people rejected the testimony of Moses. We have now an absolutely incontrovertible critic of the criticisms referred to in the Ordnance Survey map of the district, part of which is reproduced in this chapter. And it is upon the undeniable authority of that survey the statements of the chapter are made, referring to the capability of the plane of Er Raha to contain the nation of Israel, a calculation made by Captain Palmer from the actual measurements taken on the spot proves that the space extending from the base of the mountain to the watershed, or crest of the plain, is large enough to have accommodated the entire host of the Israelites, estimated at two million souls. With an allowance of about a square yard for each individual, would it be asking too much to request the unbelieving amongst the critics of today to remember how the triumphs of their predecessors were turned to nothingness by the matter-of-fact arguments of measuring instruments. The Bible student of today is greatly favoured by having to his hand, careful and exact maps of the whole district of Horeb, with its peaks, precipices, and wadies. He can study them and make himself familiar with them at his leisure. The map, with the little section, supplied on page 165, are copied from the Ordnance Survey. By noticing the section, it will be observed that the plain of ur raha slopes gradually upward from the base of Ra's of Safe, and that, therefore, the two or three millions of Israel could stand and face the fiery mount and see all, without one rank obstructing the view of the rank behind it. By drawing a straight line touching the summits of Ra's Saf and Jebel Musa, as shown in the section, and extending it to the left over ur er Raha. It will be proved that from no spot on the plain would the summit of Jebel Musa be visible, which fact lends considerable interest to certain details of the Bible narrative. Can anyone question the design of God in the selection of this plain? Can anyone doubt, in the face of the witness of both mountains and surroundings, that Moses did but record that which actually took place?